Hey, my name is uh, Brian, and uh, I get to preach to you today about the vision of Highland Park Christian Church as we kind of begin a new school year. It's kind of a fresh start for lots of people, and um, I'm excited to be able to share from God's Word with you today. The vision of Highland Park is to help people love God, love others, and serve together. It's a fairly simple vision to say, but um, it, uh, it is a big vision to think about. Uh, a number of you have been with me before, and a bunch of high schoolers I'm looking forward to this next spring will be going with me and Matt and others to a Chicago missions trip. We have a great partnership with a couple of ministries in Chicago that we've uh, been serving alongside them for years. And it's been a couple of years since we've been there uh, to have a mission trip there, and so I just can't wait to be with you. But... Um, uh, many years ago, when I was leading a, a similar trip with high school students, we were in Chicago, and we were serving mostly downtown. Um, and uh, the goal when you're downtown is to kind of figure out how to drive places without getting in traffic jams. And I actually learned Chicago really well. You could probably parachute me about anywhere in Chicago, and I can kind of, if I can see where the, the building, the tall buildings are, I can kind of, or the lake, I can figure out where I am, and I can drive you just about anywhere. And I, and I got to be where I was pretty good. I look at maps very often. I can kind of drive all over. I just have one problem in Chicago, and it's on New Orleans Street. Because many years ago, uh, the students were all working. We were all doing um, uh, tutoring students one day, uh, little kids, and I needed to go run an errand to uh, put some gas in the van and then to stop by Target in order to pick up some supplies for the ministry where we were serving. And I knew where it was. It was just straight south of us. It was just a straight shot. I could see it on the map. And so I said, yeah, we'll go. And another sponsor was going to be behind me so we could get gas in both of the vans at the same time. And so we took off south on New Orleans, which was fine, past Chicago Avenue, went a little farther. We got to Erie, and Erie is one way to the left. I know you don't want to go left because that puts you right in the mess of the financial district traffic. You want to stay away from there. Don't want to go there. So I kept going south. The next place was Ontario Street. Ontario goes back to the east. You don't want to turn there because it's on the wrong side of the expressway and you can't get through, so you want to keep going straight. So I kept going straight, but when I went through the intersection, I realized, oh, no. I got to a stoplight, and there was just a big arrow that said this way. And it said, I can't go that way because this becomes one way this way. I can't go that way. I can't go left because it's one way this way. I have to turn right. Turning right meant I had to enter onto the Dan Ryan Expressway. That's not good ever in Chicago because the Dan Ryan Expressway is more like a big parking lot. It, cars just go there, and they sit there. I think some people stay there for years. And... Every time you get on, the, on this part of the Dan Ryan Expressway, you go up and you loop around, and right when you get around the loop is just when traffic just halts and you're stuck. And so here I was going, and this poor sponsor following me, and, and uh, we're on the walkie-talkie. I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is not where we wanted to go. We're going to be here for a while. And so we're just kind of inching along until we can finally get to an exit. And when we, we get to an exit, we kind of loop around through this little kind of weird area, and the sponsor behind me says, Brian, look to the right. And I look over to the right, and there's lots of stockyards in Chicago. There used to be more, but there's still quite a, an industry there. And we looked over, and these two guys were carrying this humongous dead pig um, like this and trying to get this pig into uh, the back of a truck. Um, they're working, and it was just gross, and it was kind of funny, and it was this uh, goofy memory, and we finally were able to work our way around, get to Target and gas and get back and all that stuff. It was fine. One year later... I was there, 
the ministry leader said, hey, Brian, can you run to Target? We need a few extra swimsuits for the little kids because we're going on the swimming field trip and some of the little kids don't have swimsuits. I'm sure, I, I, I think I remember where it is. Where is Target again? It's just straight south of here. I got it. New Orleans Avenue, heading south. Get to Erie. Oh, I don't want to turn on Erie. It's one way. It would take me right into the financial district traffic. I should keep going straight. Get to Ontario. I don't want to turn right because it's on the wrong side of the expressway. I'll go straight. Get to the intersection. Oh, no. I got to turn right. Back on the Dan Ryan Expressway. Back to the parking lot. And I have to crawl 10 miles an hour. Finally get to an exit. Turn off. Look to the right. And what do I see? Two guys and a big pig. Actually, I did not see them. But in my mind, I still did because I remembered it from... A year earlier. And so I got better at it. The next year, I remembered how to go without getting on the Dan Ryan Expressway. But like 10 years after that, this was just about two or three years ago, um, I had to run an errand. (laughs) And there I was driving, and same thing. It all happened again. It was just this crazy little flashback, and it was like Groundhog Day. With Brian getting on the Dan Ryan Expressway, looping around in the traffic, remembering the gross pig that he saw right over here. If only I could have remembered those things before I turned right on New Orleans to start going south, I would have been much better off. And some of you, your life feels a little bit that way. It's just on repeat, over and over and over. And some of you, the word that you might use to describe yourselves is stuck. Not just stuck in traffic, not just stuck with the same bad directions, but stuck in grief, stuck in addiction, stuck in anger, in apathy, in laziness, in confusion, in greed, and you just feel stuck. And I got to tell you this morning, Acts 3, I believe, has a word from God to you. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to open them to Acts chapter 3. And I want you to lean into these 10 verses because this is the most important part of my sermon. Is me just reading uh, this account of what happens in Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read it and then just talk about it for just a bit. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Verse 2. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Every day. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said to, said to him, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Think about that. Every single day of your life is the same. Some people carry you and put you in front of the gate called beautiful. If you go into this beautiful gate, it's the temple. It's the place you want to be. 
is God's presence. And yet you just go to the gate and you sit outside and you see all the happy people coming and going, but you're just stuck every single day. You ever be on like vacation or summer break and you're like, what day is it? I can't ever remember because every day is kind of the same sometimes. And this guy must have no clue what day it was because every day was just the same over and over. And some of you sure feel that way. And, and he's sitting there and all he's learned to ask for is a little bit of money. His whole goal in life, his whole vision is to survive one more day. That's it. If he can get enough money to survive one more day, he'll be happy. And that's it. He can't really think about anything beyond that. And sometimes, if you've been born in lameness, lameness is all you know, then you can't even think about wholeness anymore. All you can think about is just surviving. And some of you have been so used to lameness, spiritually, emotionally, and maybe physically, where it's all you expect anymore. And then suddenly God comes along and he says, I have a vision a little bigger than what you expect. God's vision is always bigger than what we expect. And so the man says, hey, can you give me some money? Help me out here. Help me survive just a little bit. And Peter and John say, no, can't give you any money. I don't got any money. But I have something better for you. And my friends, hear God telling you today, I have something better for you. I have something better than a handout. I have a hand up for you. I have something better than just let you survive today. I want to help you live today. I have something better than just sitting here watching other people go by. I want to invite you into the gate called beautiful. I want you to have a life I want you to have a purpose. I want to give you a vision. For some of you who've been sitting and you've been stuck, you need to know what helps you get unstuck. Peter and John said it. They said, silver and gold, nah, we don't have any. But in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, it is in the name of Jesus that we get unstuck. If we could unstuck ourselves, we would be fine. I, I remember one time I, uh, years ago when we had a kind of a big blizzard come through Tulsa, I looked outside and uh, one of my neighbors had just pulled in in a kind of a light like S10 pickup truck and he was just spinning his tires. And he kept just going faster and faster and faster. If he ever would have caught traction, he'd have gone like a million miles an hour and shot into space. I'm positive of it. And, you just try, and sometimes in life, we just try to go faster and faster, and we're, but we're just still stuck. In the name of Jesus, that's how we get unstuck. If we could do it ourselves, we'd already be unstuck. And so maybe today you need to say, God, please help me get unstuck. And think about Peter and John. I mean, they live a pretty crazy life, right? Peter, James, and John, the three of them, always spending time with Jesus. You know what they had with Jesus? They had a relationship with Jesus. Jesus took them places, showed them, taught them. They learned, and they still had their flaws. But they had a relationship with Jesus. 
And because of that relationship with Jesus, when they saw somebody who was stuck, they couldn't just walk by. They had to stop. And they had to look at him and give him real hope, give him real vision for something completely different for him. And if you feel like your life is not stuck, praise the Lord. Help people who are stuck. Not just with a handout. Don't don't just flip a coin. But instead say, in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit can come into your life and can change you from the inside out so you're not stuck anymore. That God can bring you healing. You don't have to be stuck anymore. It's because of a relationship with Jesus. They reach out and they take the man's hand, give him a hand up. He stands up. Did you remember the command they gave him? One word, walk. He didn't say, he didn't say hey, God's going to let you spring to your feet. He actually said, walk. You've got a little responsibility in this, buddy. Walk. You try, walk, you trust me, walk. Don't just sit there thinking that butterflies are going to come pick you up and take you somewhere. Jesus will do his work in you, but you walk. Quit sitting there. It's time to get up. It's time to move. And I believe God wants to tell some of us today, walk. I'm here. I'm with you. I'll help you. We don't know how God is always going to come and interact in our lives, but we know that he comes and interacts in our lives. And the man stands up, but, oh, that's just the beginning. He doesn't quit there. He says he's jumping and running and praising God, and soon everybody around is in wonder and awe of what had happened. And they're like, wait, the face of that guy looks like the guy who used to sit there, but the but the head that's on that body is now being ran, ran and jumped around all over the place. Is that the same guy? It is the same guy. What happened? And I want to tell you something about God's vision in your life. It's always bigger than you. Sometimes we think that God's, uh, we, we just pray, God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And God says, I want to help you, but I want to help you do something bigger than just you. I I have a vision for you and for all of these people, for all of the onlookers, for your family and your friends and for your town and for the other people who are sitting by the gate somewhere else. I have a vision for you that's bigger than you. God has a vision for you that's bigger than you can imagine, bigger than you can think, and spanning beyond even this generation. Think about that. For generations to come. Don't leave the planet having missed the key opportunities God has for you. So rip off the lid that you've put on yourself, what you think that you can do. Tear the lid off the box. Allow God to do in you what you never thought you could do. Allow God's vision to expand your vision. Take hold of what he wants to do for you. It begins with a relationship with Christ. This morning... The rest of the sermon is going to be a little bit different. Because when we talk about vision, I want to give you some practical ways that you can get up and walk today. Okay? And I want to, I want to tell you some things that you can choose to do. 
And uh, so this sermon is going to feel a little bit different from here on out. And what I want to just ask you to do, if you've got a pen, if you've got the sermon page, if you've got that little communication card, um, I, I want to ask you to participate with me because there's some things that you can actually do to say, I will choose to do this. Uh, and writing them down some kind, it helps us solidify them. And there's actually some practical things that you can do to say, I am choosing to do this. The first thing we want to ask you to choose is to choose to grow in your spiritual walk. The first part of our vision is help people love God. And we want to help you. If you don't know the Lord yet, if you are not following Jesus yet, we want to help you do that. In fact, even today before you leave, we'd love to talk with you about what it means to be baptized and dying to your old self and coming up out of that water new in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. And God comes and says, I'll take away your sins and I live with you and in you and guide you in your life. And life doesn't become all perfect at that point, but I am with you and so you can endure anything and I will give you joy and peace that doesn't even make sense to other people. And if you've already said yes to Jesus, we wanna help you keep growing. God never tells us to put it in neutral. We've never arrived. We always have stuff to be growing and growing in the Lord. And if we aren't growing in the Lord, we're moving backwards. We're falling off the path. Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not give up the habit of meeting together. And I want to ask you to choose to continue to meet together so that you can grow. We put it on the front of your bulletin. Uh, Even though we haven't started the Tough Questions series, that starts next week. But the next eight weeks... We're going to be in this tough question series, and we want to ask you to come. And the reason we put it on your bulletin wasn't just so that you could look and see what the sermon questions are for the next eight weeks, but so that you could take that bulletin and give it to somebody and say, hey, I've heard you ask this before, or you might have some of these same questions I do. Would you come with me? Here you go. Just give it to them. If, if you need more than one, we have a bunch of postcards out in the lobbies that you can snag and just hand them to people. But we want you to grow in the Lord and to help other people grow in the Lord. And every year when we do Tough Question series, we have an uptick in guests who come. Because, because people are taking these and handing them to people and saying, hey, would you come with me? Let's explore these questions together. When we finish tough question series. We're going to preach through the book of Jonah. We're going to have a Christmas series. In 2018, we're going to study through the book of Revelation. Uh, We're working hard so that we can help you grow. Some of you, when I said you feel stuck in grief, that one stung just a little bit because that's where you are. And if you feel stuck in grief, uh, you hopefully have heard us talking about a program called Grief Share, where... um, We use biblical principles and caring people uh, to come together on Thursday nights. It's not this Thursday, but the next one it starts. And we'll come together and go through this process where God will help bring you some healing in your life. Because grief probably can make us stuck about as well as anything can. You know, a lot of times somebody has a, a trauma or something in their life, then it's just like they get stuck, like right there. And you're talking to a 35-year-old who is still stuck in their 12-year-old trauma. And and so if that is you, we want to ask you to to get some help. And there's going to be a table right out here with some folks just right outside the activity center. You can ask questions and you can sign up and register there. And there's stuff on the website as well. But talking to a a real-life human being right here might be the most helpful thing for you when we're done. We want you to grow spiritually. We want you to spend time with the Lord spiritually. We talked about last week. And if you miss out, I would encourage you to give uh, that 25 minutes a listen about how we use our time to honor God. 
One of the best ways that you could grow spiritually is if you have not been part of a rooted group. We would encourage you to do that. A, a number of Highland Park folks went through this rooted experience over the last eight months or so. We had a summer group that just finished, and we're going to launch a new group or two here in the fall. And rooted is a 10-week experience um, that will help you grow in the Lord. And uh, we just want to pause for a moment, and I want you to watch this short video that will explain what it is so that you can be part of it. I love how God has been using the Rooted Experience as a catalyst for life change. I recently heard a story about a couple that was disconnected in their relationship with people in the church and they wanted a deeper relationship with God. They had been coming for quite some time and had tried different ways to get connected and never really felt like something fit. In fact, they seemed to have kind of like a holding pattern in their relationship with God. So I invited them to our Rooted Experience, and surprise, surprise, they ended up showing up. Not only that, they started to open up. And by week two, it was fascinating. The wife started to share, in a real honest way, her struggles with God. It was exactly the kind of transparency our group needed. In fact, as the weeks went on, this couple became great friends with everybody in the group. They started to have relationship. They started to feel connected. In fact, they kept coming week after week with new insights in their relationship with God that they shared. To the point where by the end of our time together, we would do this thing called testimonial week. And we would take out a card and we would write on one side, 10 weeks ago I was dot, dot, dot. And then you'd flip the card over and write, today I am. And the wife lifted up her card and she said, 10 weeks ago, I was comfortable, anonymous, disconnected. And she flipped it over and she said, today I'm known, I'm challenged, and I'm excited. Last week at our celebration dinner, as we were sharing around the table all the things that God seemed to be doing in one another and affirming one another, we took communion. By the end of our time together, the husband of this couple says to me, Aaron, I'd really like to be baptized. And thankfully, we were at a house that had a pool. I had some dirty gym shorts I could go run into the car and throw on. And I said, awesome, let's do this. And he was baptized right then and there. That's the power of Rooted. It's a catalyst for life change. Wherever you're at on your spiritual journey with God, this experience is going to help you to take your next step in connecting with God, connecting with the church, and connecting with your purpose. I want to challenge you to get involved and sign up for a group today. Join the whole church on what we're doing and get rooted and see God change your life as you do. If you are interested in Rooted, just write the word Rooted on, on your communication card. You can also sign up online. But that would be a great way to grow spiritually for you, and it would also be a great way for you to connect with other people. And that's the second thing I want to ask you to choose, is not only to grow spiritually, but to choose community. The second part of our vision is to help people love others. And uh, Diane, if you want to come on out, Diane uh, had asked if she could just share something briefly with the church family that has to do with community, and um, talked to her last week, and 
and Jose and Jose said, yeah, of course, please share with us. And, and I think it will encourage you to choose community as well. So Diane, go ahead. And excuse, Diane had an eye surgery this week. She is not trying to be Bono um, today. Um, and so uh, uh, she is going to be able to try to read this uh, with her sunglasses today. And so thank you, Diane, for sharing. Thank you. You've been a great big help. And you deserve a great big thank you. Grateful, happy, excited, elated, amazed, loved, adored, cherished, supported, pleased, important, acknowledged, honored, merry, Recognized, joyful, cheerful, delightful, delighted, glad, contented, satisfied, jolly, blissful, peaceful, ecstatic, happy, overjoyed, exuberant, thrilled, jubilant, happy as a lark, beside myself, radiant, bubbling over in seventh heaven, exhilarated, walking on sunshine and pleased as punch. But most of all, thankful. I often hear people talk about loving one another. But I now see love in action. Highland Park, you truly are the people who love. From the depths of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much, Diane. You've been a blessing to us. We want you to choose community because that happens when you choose community. And um, to be honest, Diane's a little bit of an introvert and choosing community wasn't the easiest choice for her. And some of you can identify with that. Some of your schedules are really busy and choosing community is a little difficult. And we want to ask you to choose community because you can't love anonymously like God wants you to really love people. And uh, one way for you to choose community is if you are part of a class or a group, I mean, lean into it. Choose it. Be part of it. Take ownership. Don't think, well, if I don't show up, it's no big deal. Show up. Be there. Love the people. If you aren't part of a class or group, again, there's a place on your communication card. We think that we have something that fits just about anybody's schedule. We have classes at Sunday morning at 9. We have some groups that meet throughout the week. We have the Rooted Group that's going to launch here in a, in a couple weeks. Being part of the Grief Share class might be the community you need this fall. Uh, we want you to choose community. Third thing is we want you to choose to join the mission. The third part of our vision is to help people serve together. So if, uh, if you were a great scientist and you built this robot, you would wire it certain ways. You know, you could might try to wire it to walk or to reach out or to grab a glass or however you wired it. But when God created you, he put these little wires in there for you to serve. 
God did not wire you to sit back and just watch everything happen around you. You begin to feel really helpless when you do that and hopeless. But God wired you to serve. And we have a process to help you serve. And so again, on your communication card, if you want to mark that down, we would love to walk you through how you can help find your spiritual gift. How did God wire you to specifically serve? Because if you sing like me, you probably don't need to be up here during the song time, all right? If you hate kids, we really don't want you in our children's ministry. But if God wired you a certain way to love middle schoolers, he wired a couple people to do that. And they're amazing. And when they leave hanging out with middle schoolers, you know what they think? Man, God created me to do this. I loved it. Some of it might have been difficult, but I loved it. God has wired some of you to work with the poor. God has wired some of you to work in our finances. God has wired some of you uh, to be a partner in education to help out with Hoover Elementary down the road. God has wired some of you to teach. He's wired some of you to be shepherds and pastors of others. And so God has wired us different. We would love to just come alongside you and help you. And I'll tell you this, just to be real honest from a leadership standpoint, we don't want to put you where God has not wired you, but we do want you to help. We've got some ministries that could use some reinforcement. I I know that. And maybe God has created you to jump into one of those and to at least see if maybe that's for you. We want you to choose to join the mission We also want you to choose to pray. Uh, We're going to put a quick picture up here. And um, if you've read the uh, Highland Park newsletter the last couple months, and maybe you've even read the newspaper, you know some changes are coming to this neighborhood. A big change is coming about 100 yards that direction. And uh, the history of those two tall towers, which are right over there, is when I moved to Tulsa, they were the Dollar Thrifty Towers. The rental car companies uh, used them. And when Dollar Thrifty got bought up and then moved and a couple other things happened, those towers ended up empty. And what happens to empty towers after a few years? They don't look so great, do they? And the Zaro Foundation, um, a charity here in Tulsa, realized that. They also realized there's some great nonprofit organizations in Tulsa. What if we could get them all in the same building to work together and collaborate together. Wouldn't that be a good thing for the whole city? And so the plan is for five nonprofits to move in next door in actually that first closest big tower. And uh, the plan is also for eventually there to be 150 apartment units that are added, one in the tower. And then at the very far over there, you see where I have the HP logo? That's us. You can only kind of see our roof in this little uh, drawing here. Um, But that's us way over there. And so in the closest lot right here um, is going to be 50 apartment units. And those 50, unlike the other 100, are going to be senior living apartments. And we're excited about what this means for ministry for Highland Park. And having 150 new family neighbors, having nonprofits that care about the poorest and the most vulnerable in our society. I mean, we're talking the same values in a lot of things here. We're really excited about it. There's just one kind of minor bummer. That's kind of where we park. (laughs) And so um, they have been generous to allow us to park there. We've never owned that parking lot. Um, and so when, when we heard these plans, 
Um, we're excited on many levels, but we also knew, okay, we need to kind of tackle this issue. And so uh, the elders um, uh, asked Dave to pull together a group called the Parking Lot Task Force. It's made up of these really smart people in our church that have some expertise in engineering and in housing and in land and in finance and get them all in the same room. And so uh, this uh, task force has been meeting for probably uh, six months or so. Heidi, is that about right? About six months. And has been working to figure out, okay, if this happens, here's what we should do. If this happens, here's what we should do. And we're still a little bit in that process. But we have some game plans. Stuff behind the scenes has been happening in, in case we need to um, build something or change something to our campus or uh, how that's going to work. Anyway, with all that said, we still have a ways to go to figure all that out. And so we just want to ask you, would you pray? Would you pray? Pray about two things. One, pray that our partnership with the Legacy Plaza and all that's going to happen there would be one of the greatest blessings in the future of Highland Park. That we partner with these nonprofits that care about people and that we are able to care for 150 new family units moving in to the neighborhood and that God would use us. Pray also for God's provision that we figure out kind of the parking stuff. Uh, because the truth is that if people can't find a place to park, somebody who would have turned in here for the first time on a Sunday morning will just maybe head on back home. And so we know that that's a real issue that we want to take seriously. And just want to ask you to pray. And ultimately, we want to ask you to choose to help us make disciples, to help people love God, love others, and serve together. I was in a seminar on Friday night, some of you, and here's the number we heard. Research says that in the Tulsa area, so kind of think surrounding areas, Broken Arrow, Jinx, and such, in that area, there are 650,000 people who do not follow Jesus. That's our backyard, friends. 650,000. And we just want to ask you, would you be part of our vision to help those people love God and love others and serve together? We don't want to sit by the gate and just watch. We want to actively be part of what God wants to do in the lives of helping people to get up and walk and follow him. Uh, We're going to sing this morning, and if you would, would you stand up and sing with us? And if during this time, if you've never said yes to following Jesus, or you would like prayer in your life about an area in which you feel stuck, you can come forward, and we'll just quietly and privately pray with you, visit with you here up front. We'd be also glad to follow up with you later this week, and you can mark that on your card. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love, and we thank you that you've given Highland Park a vision that is biblical. It spans time, and it sure is relevant. God, for 650,000 people to be sitting and stuck, God, we pray that that would break our hearts. And we pray that... We would be obedient to the vision to help people get unstuck and to follow you. And so, God, we want to hear from you today, your voice. We hear you saying to us to walk with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.